All right, back here with another edition of our Preps podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip and uh, joined once again by the guys from Indiana Basketball Source, Trevor Andershock, Jeff Shanley, and Juwan Howard and Greg Gard will be joining us uh, <laughs> as we progress uh, in, the sh- in the show. Just kidding uh, about that. They're in the green room right now. They're in the green room. They're on standby. Uh, no, but uh, – Really, the big story of today was the uh, sectional draw. It's dominating social media over uh, Jawan Howard and Greg Gard. um, But, uh, you know, I really thought, you know, with the the sectional draw guys, I I thought, you know, there's obviously some very interesting first-round matchups, but – what what did you guys? What was kind of the big takeaway? I guess uh, Trevor, I'll start with you. What what anything really pop out to you? And we'll we'll cover uh, some of the top storylines. But is there anything that really popped out to you to to at the from an overarching uh, standpoint? Uh, just from an overview, it seems like uh, the sexuals are more balanced this year, so we don't have a lot of the matchups where it's kind of a quasi championship game on that first round or the first night that you see often uh, with this random draw. It seems like we're kind of missing that this year just because the sectionals are so balanced overall. And I think that's probably my the main takeaways, how few sectionals really have a clear cut top one team and top two team and just the overall balance of the teams. I guess we've seen that all year with the, the rankings where we've had a lot of fluidity and pretty much all four classes uh, throughout the year and I think we saw that today with this draw where we don't really have those really huge first night uh, matchups I would say sure yeah, and I think I think you know to kind of piggyback on Trevor's comment it seems like in each class you know last year we could say well they're the odds on favorite for state it's really hard to pick in any class, a team that you go, yeah, they're definitely, I'd take them, you know, close to versus the field in, in any class, you know, Trevor talking about the fluidity during the rankings, you just don't see the dominant teams um, that we have in the past years where you're like, yes, this team, you can pencil them into, you know, at least semi-state. I don't think we have those teams really in any class this year. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. I think that's a good point uh, both of you guys make because I and it, I think that's what's going to make this a fun tournament throughout the year. I was kind of looking ahead to, you know, I normally cover the Southport Regional and just kind of thinking about who will be in there is hard to it's hard to know this year. Like it looks really fun and intriguing, like who's ever going to be there. But, uh, you know, it's it's hard to know any. Yeah, I would, you know, I think there's probably some favorites to be there, but you know, once those four teams get there, you know, thinking about who would win it, it's it just really hard to know uh, who, who you'd even pick. So I think that's kind of the fun of this uh, year. Um, it makes for some, you know, I think it'd be hard to project maybe, but uh, I think that's probably makes it a little bit more fun this year too. And, and, you know, and I think next year, it looks to me like I think next year, like it'll be one of those years where maybe we kind of have a better idea of who the best teams are in, in a lot of, in a lot of cases, but, you know, this year was just kind of one of those years you weren't quite sure. And, and some injuries and things have played a part with that too. But uh, I just want to, you know, we're not going to go over every uh, sectional and, and every team or anything like that, but I did want to hit, you know, we'll keep it relatively short tonight, but uh, I did want to hit on, you know, some of the, some of the major and we'll, we'll spend quite a bit of time in foray of the time we do talk, I think. And, uh, touch on on those sectional uh, brackets, but you know, I know uh, Trevor, you were up. I want to start in sectional two, just because I know you were up there uh, this weekend to see Chesterton play Valparaiso. That sectional turned out to be, you know, one where we're not going to see the top two teams play right away, but they could play in the semifinal round. Um, you know, in sectional two, that'll be played at Portage, uh, Chesterton and Valpo, and I know Travis Grayson had a forty point game. Uh, Trevor and uh, it looked like Mason Jones also had a really good game for Valpo but what did you take away I know it was a great atmosphere and a great game and you know wish I could have been there too but uh, what did you take away from that one on uh, Friday night from number one Chesterton uh, win over Valpo um, it kind of played out like the last few weeks have for Chesterton where they play a close game even get down for three quarters or so and then find a way to win and you know, obviously a lot of that comes down to Travis Grayson 
just figuring out ways to score. He also, on top of his 40 points, also came up with a huge steal in overtime to basically steal the game for Chesterton. Um, he was obviously tremendous, 20 of 22 from the free throw line. Seemed like every time Chesterton needed a big play, he was there. And on both ends, like I said, I think he had three or four steals in it, a few assists to go along with his 40 points, a bunch of rebounds from point guard position. And like you said, Mason Jones was fantastic, especially fourth quarter and overtime. They basically just, Valpo just basically went to him. Each possession went ISO, let him create off the dribble. And most of the time he was pulling up in that 17-foot range and just knocking down shot after shot. So he was a tremendous in that one. And looking forward to that sectional, I mean, it's not going to be an easy matchup for Chesterton. Um, Anytime Chester and Valpo get together, it's going to be a, a dogfight. And that's what happened Friday night in front of a huge crowd, very energetic crowd. Uh, both student sections were great. And everybody was going wild pretty much the whole time. So overall, just a fantastic uh, high school basketball game. So looking forward to if they match up again in sexual, that would probably be even a more intense battle if that's possible. And it would be just incredible to see that matchup again yeah it looks like it could it could very well happen that way is there anybody else in your opinion i i did see crown point i covered the crown point chesterton game uh earlier this season and and i know crown point didn't play their best but uh, chesterton didn't have a whole lot of trouble uh, in that game is there anybody else in that sectional trevor uh that you think could give either chesterton or valparaiso a, a game or potentially beat them um, like you said, Crown Point, they got a pretty good draw with the bye um, and then could possibly play Portage in the other semifinal. And Portage had a great start to the year, kind of hit some uh, a rocky stretch there in the middle to the end of the season. But they're playing a lot of young guys and Kamari Slaughter's having a great year for them. So they could kind of find their second footing, if you will, their second wind and kind of come along in the postseason here. But I think Crown Point's probably the only one that has a a good chance, especially with their draw. If A.J. Lux gets hot from three, Drew Aziza um, gets hot, those guys could really carry a team, especially Chester plays a lot of low-scoring games. If those guys hit a few shots, I mean, that could really change the game and give Crown Point a chance to win it. So I would say they have a slight chance, but really I think it, it has to come down to Chester and Valpo most of the time. Yeah, again, that's sectional two at Portage, and that's where uh, number one Chesterton, number one team in the state, and they are, uh, you know, I'd say the favorite there, although Valpo very – it's kind of a 1A, 1B situation. So that one definitely will be watched from a statewide perspective. Uh, you know, Shark, wanted to ask you too. So, you know, that I think at Plymouth in uh, in uh, sectional three, you know, that, that'll be intriguing there. And then, you know, we'll see uh, – you know how, how that comes out. South Bend Adams, South Bend Riley, Mishawaka, Michigan City are the first round, and then Laporte and Plymouth uh, have buys there. And then I thought sectional four at Elkhart, uh, a good matchup early. Penn is the favorite, but you know Warsaw, I think, is a team that it could be dangerous. Those teams play each other, and you know one of the like you said, Trevor, not a lot of those type of games, but that one definitely uh, should be an intriguing uh, first round game in sectional four. Uh, Shark wanted to ask you about the how the Fort Wayne area looks. Sectional five is at DeKalb, and sectional six is at uh, Huntington North. And I think a lot of people would expect, uh, you know, Homestead to come out of sectional six. They do play Huntington North in the first round on the road, and uh, you know, then would have New Haven. Um, you know, in, in sectional five at DeKalb, you have. Uh, Fort Wayne Northrop is on the opposite side of uh, Northside. Those teams, of course, got in a little uh, tiff the other night. Uh, Fort Wayne Snyder plays Northside uh, on that side of the bracket. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I don't know what you think about those two sectionals. I, I would think Homestead a fairly big favorite in their sectional. Uh, yeah, and but you're going up against Huntington North, a, a team that's going to slow it down a little and grind it out, always physical. Um, a tough team to play. So that's certainly, I don't think the draw did Homestead any favors here, getting them out of the bat. And then if they get past them, they have a, a really athletic New Haven team led by uh, Jakar Williams and Darian Brooks. 
that is probably better than their 10-11 record um, or certainly has the potential to be. Um, they're athletic enough to get out and pressure, and they have multiple guys that they can put on Fletcher Lawyer to make it hard for him. Um, I think that's, you know, a potential, you know, road for them. And then they get a Columbia City team that um, doesn't have a whole lot of size but plays kind of a five-out um, offense there under Matt Schaus. They have Andrew Hedrick, Mason Baker is – as a couple guards that can really get into the paint and do some damage against you. So I don't think Homestead's road is as easy as it could have been. I definitely think they got um, about as tough of a draw as they could get. Um, then you go up to DeKalb, you know, Snyder has kind of stumbled a little bit uh, the past few weeks. They lost to Bishop Dwenger. Uh, they had a 93 91 game this Friday uh, that they ended up winning on an Aiden Lambert bucket with about, five seconds left against Southside. And then uh, they brought Monroe Central, who undefeated on the year, but a 2A school. And they came into Snyder on Saturday afternoon and beat the Panthers. So um, definitely not smooth sailing down the stretch here for Snyder. Um, and they have to be wary of a, a Northside team that, uh, honestly, if they're healthy with Tay Johnson back from his wrist injury, you know, they have guys that can hit shots and Ryan Collins – um, for Sean Bassett from the guard spots, uh, Jordan Green on the inside uh, really can beat people up with his physicality, you know. And then you're going to go up against potentially a Marty Beasley coach team in DeKalb in the semifinals. And you know, Marty is one of the best tacticians in, in Northeast Indiana. He's going to have a game plan for them. And then potentially, if they get through those two, it's Northrop and Jalen Jackson, one of the leading scorers in the state. Um, and a Northrop team that seems to be playing better as the years gone along. So um, two kind of favorites, but didn't get any favors from the draws here uh, in those two Fort Wayne area 4A sectionals. Yeah, those will be uh, not not the not the easiest roads to uh, to go. I want to sectional seven to me. I think uh, is maybe more interesting uh, than uh, it looks on the surface. There, uh, Javon Buchanan for Fort or I'm sorry, uh, Lafayette Jeff is uh, having a really good season and, you know, I think maybe kind of gets, uh, you know, a little bit overlooked or maybe not talked about as much. They play McCutcheon uh, in the first round and then probably have a pretty good route. Uh, they would play Logansport in the next uh, game and a pretty reasonable chance for Lafayette Jeff to be playing for a sectional title. They might be the favorite anyway uh, in that sectional. And then Harrison's a good team this year. And, uh, and Kokomo, I know, Trevor, you've seen Kokomo and, uh, and, and their team at least once this year. I know you're up at the Kokomo tournament, I believe. But, you know, yeah. what do you see? What do you see in this uh, in this sectional, Trevor? Does Kokomo have a, a good shot or would you pick uh, Jeff to win this one? Um, I think Kokomo definitely has a good chance. And uh, you mentioned Harrison's having a great season. Jonah Lucas and uh, Ben Henderson are having great years. So. I wouldn't rule them out either, but uh, like you said, Javon Buchanan's having a great year. He's probably one of the best scorers that isn't going to a high level this year, not like a D1 team. He's going to Indiana Wesleyan, but he, uh, he'll he go ISO, break down defenders, and then hit shots from three and mid-range and get to the hoop and transition. So just a dynamic score at about 6'5 or 6'6". Definitely will give Lafayette Jeff a good chance here. Um, I definitely, like you said, this is kind of an underrated section with Jeff Harris and Kokomo. Uh, Flory Badenga, Badunga is really tough inside as a sophomore, just double-double mm -hmm. machine and once in a while a triple-double uh, with his block shot or blocking shot ability, rebounding. One of the toughest just pure rim finishers and rim protectors in the state as a sophomore. So he'll definitely give Kokomo a chance in pretty much any game. Um, I know he was kind of neutralized over the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, uh, Kokomo definitely has a good chance. I'd probably still lean Jeff here. I like the I like the draw for him, and I like Buchanan a lot. So I would give them the favorite tag. But I think it's pretty open with them, Harrison and Kokomo. Yeah, again, that one will be uh, played at Logansport. So, uh, and then the uh, regional uh, will be played there as well. Uh, and speaking of the regional and, you know, sectional eight, I think, you know, this year might be the best, uh, 
you could still argue some others, probably sectional 10, maybe, but, you know, sectional eight this year from, from top to bottom and just, you know, overall talent and, you know, intrigue, I think in a lot of ways, uh, this one will be played at Noblesville. And I was interested to see how this one turned out as far as the draw went, uh, Carmel and HSC end up getting the buys, uh, Zionsville and Noblesville will play in the first game. Uh, that'll be a Wednesday night. And then uh, Westfield and Fishers, I think that's really probably the highlight uh, game of the night. Uh, usually kind of a lighter night anyway, but that one will be a huge game. Uh, Westfield just got back Braden Smith. I uh, heard he was, you know, foot was feeling fine. Didn't play a, a ton of minutes this weekend, but he almost had a triple double on Friday night in their win over uh, Franklin Central and then uh, came back and helped them beat uh, Decatur Central on Saturday. So, you know, and then Fishers, you know, had a chance to see them earlier this week against uh, Lawrence North, came back and won that game, uh, having a great season, 20-2, and two, and, uh, you know, HCC champions. So, you know, and they just beat Westfield about two weeks ago. Uh, Braden didn't play in that game, of course. But, you know, this is a, you know, very interesting game, uh, really an interesting sectional altogether. Uh, and with Carmel getting the bye, that definitely helps them. But, you know, two two really good games. The thing about Fishers, I know we've talked guys in the past, is outside shooting, and it's hurt them in previous sectional games uh, the last couple of years. And at times, um, you know, it's just probably not allowed them to, to get through. But, you know, they, they've showed at times they can be better shooting team this year. And, and, uh, and Bryce Williams, uh, the game I saw against Lawrence North, really shot it well. Uh, so I'm really interested to see, you know, Westfield Fishers. Uh, that's about as good as it gets for a first round game. Yeah. And think about the, the records and rankings. What would, what would have happened if Braden Smith and Logan Iams were healthy all year? Mm-hmm. That would mean Zionsville and Westfield would have been that much higher ranked going into the sectional, maybe even grabbed a few more headlines. But like you said, this, Probably the best sectional in the state. Sectional 10 is obviously strong top to bottom as well, but there's just no no weak team in this one. Yeah, and you look at Fishers potentially having to get by Westfield. It's just, you know, a rematch of the Mudsock game in the semifinals. You know, you look at HSE's record at 9-12, and 12, but they took uh, Fishers to overtime, I believe, mm-hmm. in the Mudsock game back in December. So you can uh, – as you've said, throw the records out when those two meet up. Um, you know, it's definitely not going to be an easy path uh, for anybody. Uh, a potential Carmel Westfield or Carmel Fishers wouldn't happen until the title game. Um, those were two great regular season games this year. So I'm, I'm in agreement with you two that uh, for this year, at least, we're going to go ahead and give the uh, toughest section award to sectional eight at Noblesville because Top whoa, to bottom. Whoa. I don't know if I can go that far yet. I would just top to bottom, close, one through man. one through six. This is as, as good as it gets. Well, oh, wow. And HSC is sitting there, and they you mentioned they beat they almost beat uh, Fishers. I was at that game. It was really you know felt like HSC was going to win that game, and then they did beat Westfield. So they, you know they're they're the they're probably the overlooked team. Uh, but Sam Jacobs, you know, he's having a, a really good year for HSC and they've got the buy so they can sit back and watch that game. And, you know, they, they're probably, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the last team you'd pick, but uh, you know, dangerous as well. And then, you know, Noblesville team too, that, that has been, you know, a little bit up and down, but they have the talent too. They're 11 and nine and they play Zionsville in that first game. And, you know, Zionsville, you know, like Trevor said, the Logan Iams out for a, a chunk of the season, uh, with that ankle injury, but has come back and his stats this past week are back to what he was doing before. Had a 32-point game, a 21-point game, and I can't remember his other one, but also up in that range. So uh, he's clearly back to feeling good. Um, but I don't know, guys. Are we fooling ourselves not to think Carmel's going to win this sectional again? I, I keep thinking, like, you know, you kind of talk yourself into – uh, maybe someone else winning it, and then uh, you know <laughs> Carmel just uh, strolls through and takes it again. So I'm kind of in believe it when I see it mode. Uh, when you, know, you talk about Carmel, and and even though they've lost some games here, I just I think they can uh, you know not flip the switch. That sounds too easy, but I, I do think once it comes down to it, it's going to be really hard to beat them. Yeah, they're just so tough to beat in the postseason because they don't beat themselves. You're not going to turn them over a ton. They're not going to take bad shots. 
and you know they're going to play defense. So you really have to play a good game to knock them out of a state tournament game. And, you know, that's hard to do at the high school level. So they really put the pressure on the opponent to beat them. And that's a huge step in, you know, getting deep in the tournament every year like they have done for so long. So, like you said, I think I'm still putting Carmel as the favorite here. Um, I think you really have to prove it that you can knock them out of the state tournament at this point. Yeah, I'm in agreement with everything Trevor said. And if we do get, you know, a matchup here in the championship game of Carmel versus Westfield, you know, this is one of Westfield's best teams ever, and they've never won a sectional so often. They've um, just ran into Carmel in the postseason. And does that, if that comes to the matchup on Saturday night, is that going to be in the minds of the Westfield players? Like, Hey, this is our best ever chance at this. You know, does that help them or does that create pressure? I think, you know, like Trevor said, Carmel's not going to beat themselves. You're going to have to go out there and take it from them. And, you know, with the postseason experience that they've they've had with Pete Suter and Charlie Williams, you know, being their veterans, it's hard to it's hard to pick against them. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Pete Suter, uh, you know, never lost a tournament game. So you talk about, uh, you know, 15 and 0. Uh, two state championships, you know, the one year that was cut off for the pandemic. But uh, but I do think one thing that could help Westfield if they can get there, you know, obviously they got to get through a couple of games first. But, you know, they did beat Carmel uh, this season. Braden Smith had a, you know, in front of a packed house. It was felt like a sectional game. And, you know, even though Carmel was without two of their better players, you know, Josh Wack and Charlie Williams weren't able to play that game. Uh, and Suter got in foul trouble. And he was out for a good chunk of it. But, but even still, you know, the the other the guys who played for Carmel that night played well and, and Westfield outplayed them. So, you know, that could I think that could maybe help in their favor. It kind of maybe gets you over a little bit of a mental hump that you can do it if it comes down to it. And, you know, and you've got Braden Smith, who seems to have a little bit of a, you know, some some, you know, something extra uh, when it comes to those bigger games and and uh, able to lift up his team a little bit. But, I you know, it, that's a long way to go. They got to get through Fishers. If that happens, then uh, they still have to beat HSE. So and, and Carmel's got to get through either Westfield or Noblesville. So that should be a great atmosphere at the mill in uh, Noblesville. Um, you know, and this year, guys, I think sectional nine at Greenfield is is somewhat been a, a sectional that you don't overlook it necessarily, but it doesn't have the cachet some years of the sectional eight or 10, but you know, this one looks like a, it's a, a lot of improved teams this year, I'd say. And Mount Vernon as, as good as any of them um, with the Gerard twins. I saw on Friday night, they, they got behind new pal uh, came back and uh, you know, Bridenthal hit a couple really big shots late in the game and they, they, kind of toughed it out you know, at home on senior night to beat new pal. But I'll tell you that new pal team has a great draw on the top of the bracket and they're going to you know, have a good opportunity to get to the championship game and avoid uh, some of these tough landmines uh, that are on the bottom half of the bracket. So I really, you know, if there's a lot of teams who benefit from the draw, you know, around the state, new pal might be, you know, the number one on that list, but uh, they have to play Muncie Central and then Richmond uh, if they win that one. While on the other side, you have uh, Pendleton Heights versus Mount Vernon, Greenfield Central, and Anderson. Uh, Anderson and Mount Vernon kind of been on that, you know, collision course, I would say, all year. But uh, I really like, after watching New Pal, really was impressed with them. You know, I, I think they, uh, they're capable of beating uh, a lot of teams in this bracket, although I'd probably pick – Mount Vernon 1A and Anderson 1B. I think New Pals draw, and uh, and I think they get a good team. Yeah, really tough draw for Anderson. And I really like what Amir Carson and Tyrell Wills has done this year. But uh, Greenfield Central has been playing great. Uh, Braylon Mullins, the freshman, scoring well. Uh, junior Dylan Moles, really strong. They've been playing great this second half of the year. So that's no cakewalk for Anderson right away. And then you got likely have Mountain Vernon waiting for him. Like you said, they've been one of the top teams in 4A all year behind the Gerard twins. And it's kind of just sitting there for new pal with the, the easiest route. Uh, Steel Bradfield Brassfield has been great all season, really consistent as a score for him. Um, so really sets up well for him. But like you said, 
I still like Mount Vernon. They're balanced behind the Gerard twins. Um, I have a few more guys that fill, fill roles pretty nicely. So I think Mount Vernon's the favorite, but I really like what Greenfield Central has been doing the last month or, month or two here down the stretch. Yeah, and I would say, too, that uh, you know playing at home, I think, would help. And it'll be Mount Vernon and Anderson, if that game does happen, those teams have not played each other. Uh, so there's a... Uh, you know, a little bit of intrigue with that too, that they, they haven't seen one another this season. So, uh, and Mount Vernon does have the experience of winning the sectional last year. So that always, I think helps a little bit too. You have a senior, really a senior led team, you know, that, and I always look for that too. Uh, they definitely have that. Bridenthal is kind of the one junior, um, you know, who, who, uh, plays a pretty big role, but other than that, I mean, the Gerards, uh, Wells, the big man, uh, Williams at guard and Galley at guard, you know, they're all seniors. So uh, this is yeah. kind of their time you would think, uh, but that's a, uh, that's a better sectional than, than probably has been uh, in the past. Uh, and then sectional 10 guys, you know, and I, I think, you know, the, the game that obviously I, and, and you know, Warren central, you look the one by, you know, that's, I think what you're always hoping for <laughs> is to be that, <laughs> to be that one team in sectional 10 that, advances to Friday automatically. So, you know, congrats on the bye to uh, the Warriors. But other than that, I mean, I, I I think the game that really stands out to me anyway was North Central and uh, Cathedral. Uh, you have the county champion, you have the city champion uh, playing in the first round. And I did uh, talk to Joey Brown's mom. I don't know if you guys saw, he took a hard uh, spill, uh, the Center Grove game on Friday night. Uh, just kind of unfortunate situation. He flipped over. Uh, the shoulder of a center grove player as he was going for a rebound, hit his head first on the floor and uh, needed stitches and had a concussion. Uh, but they're hopeful that he, he's definitely not going to play Tuesday, but um, they're hopeful he can be, be cleared to play uh, for the sectional. So hopefully that comes to pass and he can play in this game uh, because they're going to need him. Cathedral playing pretty well uh, right now and, and a good win over Louisville uh, mail last night. And, uh, I'm still not sure if they're, you know, the team to beat or not, but uh, I think definitely have the capability of winning this sectional um, if they can put it together for three games. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. We've seen Cathedral be a little bit up and down, um, but really there are, there, like you said, with the Warren Central bye, there are no weak spots. Even Lawrence Central is under 500. I mean, they still have the talent to pull an upset here or there, and mm-hmm. um, especially against a tech team um, that can be up and down as well. So this is going to be another great sexual 10. Um, even Chris Pisatics, they had some shaky moments early on, but their youngsters are playing well. They've really improved throughout the year. Lawrence North playing a bunch of young guys along with CJ Gunn, and they seem to be progressing well down the stretch. Um, so really like the uh, – kind of just the progression of a lot of these teams in sectional 10. And like you said, Warren Central getting Chandler Jackson back is going to be a big boost for him down the stretch here and into sectional play. So I'm definitely interested. I think Cathedral's got the most individual talent in the state, um, but they just haven't clicked at all times this season. And we'll see if they can really take it to the next level here in the state tournament and get deep here. Yeah, you look at, you know, to piggyback on what Trevor said, a lot of these teams seem to be peaking uh, at the right time. Yeah. You know, Lawrence North, you know, struggled a little bit earlier on. A lot had to do with CJ Gunn missing those games with his injury. Now they look like one of the top teams, you know, in central Indiana. Um, Addicts has those young kids that, you know, now have gotten almost a full season under their belt. Uh, even Warren Central started off kind of a little bit, um, inconsistent. They seem to be picking it up as of late. Uh, and then you have two of the most talented teams in the state in Tech and Cathedral and a potential rematch there on Friday night from their game uh, a little while back. And, you know, you look at it again, there's no easy path here through this sectional and uh, Warren Central getting the by obviously a huge advantage. I think Tech getting a, a Lawrence Central team that's not as good as they've been in the past could be uh, a little bit beneficial for them just to have get a game under their belt that they'll be able to try and push the tempo and just outscore LC uh, in that matchup like they try to do 
against everybody, but you know, don't count out uh, North Central here if they get Joey Brown back. You know, they're certainly talented enough to to roll through the sectional as well. And Tech just played LC. I think it was uh, which night was it? was it Friday or Saturday? And Reggie Friday. Bass Friday. Reggie Bass had forty three. And it was 89 to 85. <laughs> so, you know, LC's played some games like that this year that have just been kind of, you know, up and down. I think the uh, it was a Warren Central beat Warren him. Warren Central was in the hundreds. Yeah, 103, 101 or something that like that. So it's been, a, you know, LC, I don't think I'd want to play them just for that reason. That could be a really good game in that third game. Uh, so really, you know, I, I think, and like Trevor said, Attics, uh, I covered Lawrence North Attics earlier this year. It was not. You know, much of a game, but Addicts has been playing a lot better uh, here the last couple of weeks. Uh, so there's really not a lot of weaknesses. And if you look at that Friday night, if you kind of advance the teams, you know, you could have Warren Central, Lawrence North, and, you know, Cathedral Tech, you know, and that, you know, that sounds like a great night of basketball to me. So, you know, even though we talk about maybe sectional 10 not quite as deep or talented as the last couple of years, it's that's still a really good. Uh, a couple of matchups you could have on Friday. So uh, looking forward to to that one. And and I agree, Warren Central, I, I saw them yesterday and they beat Carmel on Friday. Uh, they uh, had a chance to beat Center Grove, uh, kind of ran out of steam and Center Grove played well too. It was a good game. Uh, but, you know, Tay Davis, you know, really playing well. And, you know, if you add uh, Chandler Jackson, who's kind of getting his legs back under him and, uh, Paul Chandler played well at guard and Javon guess. I don't know if a lot of people know him yet, but he's a freshman, big, big man, uh, really good player, you know, and he's only going to get better. So they're starting to round into shape as the season's gone along. And I would not be surprised to see them win this sectional, to be honest with you. I, I, I you know, of the seven teams in there, you know, I'm not sure with the buy and everything all considered. I mean, they may be the team to beat, but you know, like Shark said, C.J. Gunn might be playing his best basketball. So that makes a lot of – I think just a lot of things to look forward to uh, with this sectional and and can't wait to see how that one uh, turns out. But uh, I don't know if you guys – I don't know if you thought of uh, – who, who would you guys pick to win sectional 10? Have you got to that point yet? I haven't thought about it too much, but uh, just my initial thought would be Cathedral puts it together. Um I guess the big thing would be is uh, did Tayshawn Comer play last night? I think he did, right? He, he did, yeah. He came winner, back, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, that that's a big boost. So I'll definitely take uh, Cathedral then. Like you said, it's a, it's pretty much a toss up, but I still like Cathedral's overall talent level to to give them the slight favorite tag here. I think I'm going to go on a limb, and I just I just think Lawrence North is is peaking at the right time. Um, obviously they have a couple guys on their roster last year who made it to all the way to the state championship game. I think I'd, I might take the Wildcats here uh, in sectional 10, a little bit uh, against the grain pick with Cathedral and Tech being so talented, but uh, I'm going to go with LN, I think, just just off of how they're playing lately. Yeah, I would actually pick those two to make the championship game and haven't thought who might win in that potential matchup, but I, I think that's a – that would be a really fun game. Lawrence North, I went and looked. They've actually won the last five games between the two teams, uh, Lawrence North and Cathedral. So uh, they have a little bit of a, a history, recent history anyway, on their side there. So, uh, And then looking ahead to, uh, you know, we'll go through a couple of these other uh, 4A uh, sectionals. Uh, at Ben Davis, you know, the Giants have been kind of the team that I thought would definitely emerge from this sectional. Uh, you know, especially around the Marion County tournament time, they were playing so well. And, you know, they have played well since then at times, maybe not as consistently uh, good as they were uh, that week and, and before that, but 17 and six. And, you know, one of the things you, you know, think about with them, though, is, is that they lost to Decatur Central uh, right after that Marion County tournament. So I don't know if you chalk that up to, you know, the post-county hangover, but uh, they could potentially see – uh, Decatur Central in that semifinal, and Decatur's one of those teams that you know really can can uh, put up a lot of points on you. And you know, they're with Javon Tracy, he's always scoring a lot, and you know they, they have some good players around him too. So Ben Davis uh, has to beat Ron Colley and then play Decatur, uh, and then on the other side you have Pike and Southport in that first game. 
that was a relatively close game here. They played recently and AJ Dantzler, I know is closing in on a thousand points and uh, you know, that could be a game with a lot of points scored in it with uh, Conwell and woods on the other side for Pike. So uh, just initial thoughts on uh, on that section. It might be a little bit more uh, balanced than you'd give it initially uh, credit for. Yeah, I agree with your thoughts on uh, Ben Davis. I think the one thing that might kind of push him over the edge, especially against like a Pike or a Decatur Central, is the emergence of freshman Mark Zachary. Uh, they started playing him a lot more recently. Uh, just really poised as a freshman, good playmaker, good shooter great defender, really athletic. So that seems to kind of give Ben Davis a little bit more, another dynamic in the backcourt, um, just kind of pushing them to a new level. So I'm interested to see if that really helps him get this sectional or if Decatur can beat him again, if uh, that matchup happens in the semifinal. But it seems like Pike is a team that could beat anybody on a given night or be upset. Like it wouldn't be surprising if Southport beat him in that opening game and it wouldn't be surprising if Pike won it behind Brian Conwell, but can't really get a great read, even though they're winning a lot of games this year, just can't get a great read on how, how good they actually are so far. Yep. Yeah. And you look at Ben Davis, I know Trevor mentioned the freshman Mark Zachary. I think, I think they're big Zane Doty inside, you know, he's good for, you know, 10 points and usually anywhere from 10 to 15 rebounds as shot blocker as well. Um, he's the type of guy who could, you know, if he just controls the paint inside and makes it tough for, you know, a team like Decatur Central or Pike to score at the rim, I think that can be a huge boost to the Giants' chances. And we've seen them, you know, a product of of their youth kind of as being inconsistent this year. You know, Mark Zachary, a freshman, K.J. Windham, the sophomore, uh, Doty's only a junior, so a younger team for the Giants. So there's been some inconsistencies there, but when they put it together, they're as good as any team in the state, in my opinion. And Sheridan Sharp probably doesn't get the you know notoriety either that he deserves. He had 15 and four uh, in their win over Cathedral, four assists, four rebounds uh, in their win over Cathedral the other night. So, you know, we just talked about how good Cathedral is. Well, Ben Davis just beat him, so – you know, they've got to give him credit for the, you know, the wins they've had. And he's been – Sheridan's been played well uh, pretty much throughout. But, Trevor, I agree with you, too, on Pike. I mean, it just seems like even during games, you know, they could be up 20 and then uh, then they're not. You know, and they're, they're, uh, they're tied, you know. So, just kind of a – you know, I don't I have no idea. You know, and they're 14 and 7. And, you know, Conwell, to me, is a surefire all-star, uh, no doubt. But it just seems like, you know, something, you know, they're – they win one, they lose one. They win one, they lose one. It's kind of been that way throughout uh, at least the second half of the season, and it's hard to project a team like that when uh, they're kind of riding the the waves all the time. Then we'll look at uh, sectional uh, 12, guys. That is uh, – let's see here. Sectional 12 is the Brownsburg They're over at Terre Haute North. Uh, I think Brownsburg probably the favorite here. Uh, they would have to play Terre Haute North in the semifinal. Either Terre Haute North or Mooresville would be the uh, matchup. So kind of a stacked top half of the bracket. Uh, and then I'm feeling pretty good if I'm Avon with Krishan uh, McRae. And then, uh, you know, defending champion here at Plainfield. Uh, a lot of those guys obviously graduated from last year, but you could have a Plainfield-Avon semifinal uh, Brownsburg and then the Tarot North Mooresville winner. But I would say I would give probably say Brownsburg is the favorite. They got the bye. This isn't the best side of the bracket to be on because you have to play Tarot North potentially on their home court. Uh, but I would probably say Brownsburg is the favorite in this one. Yeah, especially with the bye. I think that really puts them over the top as a favorite. Just a well-rounded team. And you know Steve Lynch is going to have them well coached and they seem like another team that's really made some progress over the year or throughout the year. A lot of young guys with Diallo and catchings kind of coming of age uh, in the backcourt. And then obviously Sean Tapula and inside is really tough. So I think Brownsburg is a favorite here, but like you said, can't count out Avon with that draw and Terre Haute North said a unbelievable year for him. So it should be a good sexual, but I think Brownsburg is a favorite going into it. Yeah, it's all about, you know, controlling pace. I think if you're Brownsburg, you want to 
limit your turnovers, but you also want to let Diallo and Catchings, you know, have some flow and do what they do. Um, Terre Haute North is going to want to slow it down just a little bit. Uh, if they can get it into kind of a, maybe not necessarily a high scoring game, so to speak, but at least a free flowing game, you know, I think the athleticism of Diallo and Catchings can really take over. And uh, again, the buy is just huge there. You know, it's one less game on your, on your odometer here and, they do have to travel, you know, this isn't the easiest uh, sectional in terms of travel. You have those three Hendricks County schools uh, heading down the interstate to Terre Haute North. Um, so a little bit of travel involved for those schools. But again, the buy plays a huge, a huge benefit for Brownsburg uh, and Avon, really. You know, they're, they're certainly not out of it, even though their record sits at six and 15, you know. They just have to win once to get into the championship game, and then that's a huge rivalry, you know, if them and Brownsburg meet in the title game where you can, anything can happen at that point. Yeah, I think this is a sectional where you'd like to have that buy, especially for the travel purposes, like you said. I mean, that's to only make have to make the trip Friday, Saturday is nice uh, for Brownsburg and Avon. Uh, if you're looking at Mark, Mark uh, Hankins is Tara North's. Uh, he's been playing really well of late. Uh, they really like to control tempo and 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 play a more of a kind of a controlled style. So that that Brownsburg, if they do play Tarot North, Brownsburg Tarot North could be a fact kind of a grinded out type of game. Um, you know, like you guys have said, two coaches who have won a lot of games in their careers. Krishan McRae, by the way, twenty three point three points per game. And at his size, six point six rebounds. <laughs> so he, he is uh, he's he's doing the job for Avon, uh, you know. And they're I think a dangerous team just because they uh, have him, you know. And and I know they're young, and they'll bring a lot of these guys back next year, other than McRae. But you know that's a that's a kind of kind of a scary team. Uh, Avon is even though they're six and fifteen. So uh, and then uh, the last uh, local basically in. Uh, in class four A is at Greenwood. Uh, and this is one where you end up with a really balanced uh, uh, draw center groves on one side, Whiteland's on the other side. And, you know, Whiteland beat center Grove in the Johnson County tournament. Uh, I did have a chance to see center Grove yesterday. They beat Warren central and they beat North central in during the weekend. So they leave the Mick with, they were zero and five in the Mick going into the weekend and they win two games uh, against really good teams. Uh, this weekend. So, you know, I was impressed with them. I thought, you know, that, uh, you know, they kind of controlled the second half of that game and, you know, I, it wasn't a, didn't feel like a, a fluke or anything like that. So even though they're only 10 and 10, yeah, I give them a pretty good fighting chance to win this sectional, uh, probably play Whiteland uh, in the championship. If it, if it goes that way, Franklin central probably sitting out there is a little bit of a, a sleeper as well. Yeah, is uh, Marcus Anke back for Center Grove? Yes, yeah, he played really well yesterday. A junior, uh, yeah. about six three. Uh, I, he, during the fourth quarter, he was kind of the the go to guy. All right, good deal. I didn't know. I know Zach Khan thought he would be back, but I didn't know when that timetable was going to be set. But yeah, it definitely seems like uh, Center Grove is just another tough team. Like most of Hans teams have been, like at uh, Center Grove pretty scrappy playing some young guys um so that'd be fun to see them especially if they can kind of go forward against uh whiteland in the championship game i think that'd be a good matchup again but um haven't seen uh i haven't seen franklin this year i know franklin central added jj loudon back uh he was at brownsburg and addicts for a bit pike so that's a and kind of another dynamic to Franklin Central as well, but definitely think Center Grove has the, kind of the, just a makeup to make a run here. So really like them going into the postseason here. And then looking down, you know the the regional that this sectional feeds into, you know you could have you know Bloomington North, Columbus North out of Martinsville, you, or Bloomington South. You know don't count them out ever. Uh, you know, Floyd Central potentially in, uh, you know, in the Seymour sectional uh, and then Evansville Wrights, Jasper, uh, Castle possibly in the Evansville North uh, sectional. But again, I think we talked about this last time with the All-Stars, but, you know, this that South Regional, you probably don't have the big uh, gun that sometimes you've had coming out of there. 
I don't know. What do you guys, is Floyd Central maybe the team you could see in the semi-state? Is that, is that, uh, yeah, I know Jeffersonville too is kind of putting their team together now fully. So they're, they're, they could be dangerous too, but I, it's hard to get a sense of really maybe who the favorite is down there. Yeah, I still like Floyd Central. Uh, they lost a couple here recently, but did beat a really good cathedral team a few weeks back or a couple of weeks back. I think they're still the team to beat in that sectional. But like you said, Jeffersonville probably has the most talent in that sectional with uh, Will Lovings Watts, Brazier Razor Moore, Kobe Stoudemire. Uh, they actually have a couple of freshmen that are playing that are pretty talented as well. So they're finally getting their team back together and it could click for them and they could pull upset. But I'm, I'm sticking with Floyd Central right now. They've had a great season. Todd Sturgeon knows how to win. So I'm going with them to, uh, to win that sectional. Yeah, and Kyle, you go back to the, the Martinsville sectional. That Friday night could be uh, really interesting. You have Bloomington North and Columbus North. Um, and then potentially Bloomington South and an East Central team that sits at 14 and six. Um, so all of those teams uh, with really good records there, uh, Bloomington North with Nick Kleiber and JQ Roberts, um, kind of that inside outside duo there for the, uh, the Cougars. They're having a fantastic year. Um, Columbus North, obviously always strong. So I think whoever comes out of that sectional is maybe – maybe as a chance to be the best team in that Seymour regional um, just because of the, the test they would have gone through just to win that sectional. That's a very quality sectional down there in Martinsville. Yeah. And Bloomington North, I agree. They're a team that probably, you know, they're 17 and three and they've won probably what, 10 games in a row. Uh, it's the, so they're really starting to, you know, to play well, they just beat Floyd central. They just beat Columbus North uh, this weekend. So Two really good wins, and they have the talent. I think they beat Tarot North recently. So, you know, definitely J.Q. Roberts, Nick Kleiber, they have the, the talent and probably the experience at this point uh, to be able to make a pretty good run. That could be a team, you know, that that could come out of that uh, that area too and potentially win the regional. But, uh, you know, I don't want to take up all your guys' night. I mean, what else? You know, we, we talked about a lot about 4A. Um you know, I think 3A locally, I mean, you, you have to look at, you know, I think all year long you kind of talk about uh, Burbuff Jesuit. They were, you know, one of the teams that been at the top of the rankings and, you know, you consider them maybe one of the, maybe the best team in, in 3A, at least locally, and maybe the state or one of the better teams. But they have Shortridge in sectional 27 and then would play Lebanon on Lebanon's home court. Uh, and Lebanon is a – Sagamore Conference champion, uh, and then Garen and Shatar potentially on the other side of that bracket. So I don't know it's it, what you guys think about that uh, field, but uh, it won't be easy for Rebuff, I don't think. I don't think this is like a slam dunk, but it does seem like they've got the uh, the team to do it this year. Yeah, and like you said, I had them ranked number one in 3A at one point this year. Uh, Billy Smith had a great year for Todd Howard's squad, but – I'm not losing hope on them. They've hit a little rocky stretch here for the last month or so. Um, that Lebanon matchup would be really good. Um, I do think Garen Catholic Strong might give them the advantage here. They beat Burbuff uh, in the regular season as well. So mm -hmm. it should be a fun one. Um, like you said, Burbuff's got the ability to win this one. But Garen's been playing well throughout the season too, so – should be really entertaining either way it uh, shakes out there. Yeah, I think Burbuff has the best player in that sectional, obviously, in Billy Smith, but that Lebanon Burbuff game in the semifinals is not going to be easy for either squad. And then uh, Garen Catholic and Chittard, two quality teams on the other side of the bracket where those teams would await them in the title game. So um, another potentially really good Friday night uh, up there in Lebanon. Um, with four really quality teams uh, playing on Friday. So whoever comes out of that, I think you have to, you know, look at the winner of that is probably um, one of the favorites. But then if you go to uh, their regional, I mean, you have Brownstown Central potentially in that regional, um, a decent Crawfordsville team, Beach Grove or Indy Washington, 
uh, to meet him there. So that regional uh, that the Lebanon winner will go into is going to be pretty stacked as well. Well, I've blocked out the last hour to let uh, Shark talk about the Garrett sectional, uh, sectional <laughs> 22. Uh, but really, I mean, what do you, uh, Leo, we saw them make a run last year in 3A, and obviously they're very talented again, uh, you know, to, to potentially do it, make another type of run. Uh, what's kind of the sense up there, Shark? I mean, they've got a, you know, I, I think a, a road they could navigate, but uh, probably not the easiest uh, sectional either. Uh, but it does look like they got a, a fairly beneficial draw there. Yeah, I think their draw is probably about as good as you could hope for with uh, six and fourteen Angola, and then a a Lures team that just doesn't have the size to match up. You know, you look at Leo. Um, obviously, last year making it to state, they bring some players back. They lose their leading scorer Blake Davidson, but then they get a transfer in Cademan Bontrager coming in to Leo this year as a senior. Uh, six six four that can score inside and out, um, but they're you know they're not unbeatable. You know they played Bishop Dwenger on Wednesday, uh, only beat them by four. Dwenger's been playing better um, over the last few weeks. They've beaten Snyder, they beat Lawrence Central, uh, they beat New Haven this past week. Um, they've knocked off Blackhawk Christian. So uh, Dwenger team that does have the size to match up with Leo. They Dwenger goes uh, two six seven kids up front. And the kid who's really come on for the Saints lately is a six-four senior, Owen Shively. Um, he's really shot it well the past four or five games. He had 30 points against Northrop on Friday night, came back with 19 against New Haven last night. So if they can get um, Shively hot from beyond the arc, that really helps open it up for Bo Jackway and Preston Ross inside. And then they have a, a quick point guard in Sam Campbell. Uh, then you look at some other teams in that sectional, Leo with Joe Reedy, or I'm sorry, Woodland with Joe Reedy, and then a Concordia team that's young, starting all sophomores mm -hmm. and juniors, and then a freshman led by Johnny Washington, their fantastic point guard. Um, they have some size too, some 6'4", six, 6'5", six, kids. Uh, again, David Specker, the shooter for them, capable of knocking off five or six threes in a game. So I think there's four really quality teams in this Garrett sectional that wouldn't surprise me if any one of them came out victorious on Saturday night. And then you go to that regional Northwood at 21 and two Norwell at 19 and three right now. Um, and Newcastle and Jay County who are playing in the first round of that Newcastle sectional. So uh, that could be a really good regional at Newcastle with those four sectional winners. How does Norwell? Kyle, oh, sorry. Go I, ahead, I thought you were joking about the hour for a shark to talk about the Garrett sectional, <laughs> but then it happened. So, <laughs> Uh, Kyle, you were asking about Norwell. I actually went and saw them on Friday night, just completely dismantle a really good Jay County team. Um, and they're, they start all juniors. So this is a Norwell team that could be around for this year and next year. Um, don't have great size, really just start one kid over six foot two. Um, but they can really shoot it. They hit 11 threes. Uh, against Jay County and, and just completely dominated the Patriots who were one of the state leaders in defense and they hang, hung 71 on them. Luke McBride's obviously the main gun, but uh, Leighton Bailey, uh, Jake Parker, also very capable shooters. Ian Graff, kind of an undersized forward that can score around the basket. So uh, the Knights um, have to get through Oak Hill, but they're on their home floor in that sectional. So Norwell, I think a team that could potentially make some noise this March. I saw them play uh, Chesterton. You know, we talked about Chesterton at the st start of the show, and uh, they almost beat them in uh, in the uh, Noblesville Holiday Tournament Championship. They right down. I think Trevor, you might have been there too, but yeah, uh, yeah, I was real impressed. Uh, you know, tough, tough team. You know, they're. Uh, I'm not surprised. You know, after watching them that night, you know, now that I know about both those teams, I mean, e even more impressed uh, with what Norwell's done uh, throughout this season. So that could be a team we could be seeing. Uh, down the road at Gainbridge, who knows? I mean, 3A is pretty good. I, I would say uh, one of the better years I can remember for 3A uh, basketball. But, you know, to talk about 2A just briefly here, two guys, uh, Park Tudor Heritage Christian in sectional 42. Uh, Park, Park Tudor will host that sectional. Uh, but I think, you know, and then I looked at that and I was like, well, man, university, <laughs> they they beat both those teams, you know, and they're uh, just recently. So, uh, and they have a buy, so I'm not sure. You know, university might be the favorite there. I think it's probably fair to to give them that uh, designation. Actually, yeah, that's a great sectional. 
Uh, I watched that Park Tudor Heritage Christian game for about a month ago, and Miles Colvin did uh, foul out in the third quarter there and really helped Park Tudor uh, win mm-hmm. that game. But that should be another great matchup. You said University it's kind of had that similar team they've had for the last five, seven years or so. No big-time player, but a balanced team can hit shots. Um they do all the dirty work, kind of just play basketball the right way, basically, and win games. So that should be a good one. And Covenant Christian has another good team this season, so I can't write them off. But really good 2A sectional at Park Tudor. And I'm always jealous of uh, people who get to go to sectional 40. Uh, this year it's at Alexandria, and it's always a good always a good crowds and good teams. And, you know, Monroe Central is the team to beat this year. They're undefeated, but potentially play Wapahani in the semifinal. Frankton-Wapahani is a uh, first-round matchup. And then, you know, LaPel has, has played well uh, this season. So that's always a fun one. And Monroe Central uh, obviously having a great season um, over there and, and potentially the favorite there. Yeah, I watched that Monroe Central Wapahani game recently, and I I came away really impressed with Monroe Central. Um, I guess they were just uh, a little bit more balanced than I thought they would be. Uh, Jackson Olam as a point guard is really strong, but they've got some big kids inside that, you know, score well, rebound well, defend. Um, So that was a fun game. And Wapahani, uh, Aiden Franks and Isaac Andrews, uh, sophomore and junior respectively, Really strong. Aiden Franks didn't have his best game against Monroe Central. So if, uh, you know, he shoots a little bit better, scores a little bit more uh, in a potential rematch, maybe that puts Wapahani over the top of Monroe Central. But Franklin did beat Wapahani in the regular season, season meeting earlier this season. So Wapahani can't be looking forward. Uh, they really have to concentrate on beating Franklin first. Yeah, Monroe Central – came up we mentioned this talking about 4a but monroe central came up to snyder and got a win saturday afternoon and maybe almost more impressive than them winning the game is only holding snyder to 50 points that's a team that you know less than 24 hours earlier put up 93 in regulation and you know them able to control the game against the really good guards that snyder has just shows how uh disciplined they are defensively and you know we always talk about teams that can defend in the state tournament usually find a way to have some success. And I think that's, you know, what's on the, on the table for the golden bears here is, you know, win it with defense. And they certainly like Trevor said, their guards and their balance uh, is going to help them uh, this postseason. Yeah. 20, you know, and they're not playing because uh, I had a chance to see Connersville probably right before Christmas. And then I think it was two days later, uh, Connersville beat Greenfield central, the game I was at. And then two days later, I think it was uh, Monroe Central beat Connorsville at Connorsville. So uh, that, I think, opened everybody's eyes to just how good they are. And then they beat Bloomington North uh, the next day, or maybe I think it was later that day, actually. So uh, they are uh, they're legit. Like you said, uh, Shark, they beat Snyder. Um, and I think they play Chittard this week, too. So they're playing some good teams, beating some good teams. Eastern Hancock they beat, so everyone they beat on their schedule. So a uh, really good year, impressive year for Monroe Central. Uh, one of those teams to watch. And if they can get out of that tough sectional, uh, they could surely do some damage uh, along the way. Uh, Just real quick, too, on 1A, guys, I I, uh, had a chance last night to see North Davies for the first time in person and uh, Jalen Mullen uh, and that crew able to knock off Edinburgh. A really good game. Uh, 16 lead changes, you know, back and forth all game long. And uh, finally, at the end, uh, North Davies kind of put it away uh, 55 to 47 it ended up uh but you know back and forth all all game long and and Jalen Mullen against the bigger you know Edinburgh's probably one of the bigger teams they play uh you know as far as length at the guard spots and and uh, in the interior and uh Mullen just really good player I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see him play in person but uh you know did a nice job to uh, 20 points and real efficient uh six seven assists and uh, played well. You can understand why, you know, they're as tough as they are, but, you know, just to lead into that, they have a really tough sectional, uh, sectional 63, and they were a huge beneficiary of the draw because they ended up with on the other side of the bracket 
uh, from Lagodi, Bar Reeve, and Orleans. <laughs> so yeah. you couldn't have couldn't have drawn it up any better uh, than they ended up getting the draw. But uh, they're going to have to beat one of those teams, but they won't have to beat uh, multiple of those teams. So definitely benefited North Davies in that Lagodi sectional. Yeah, I really like North Davies. Like you said, Jay Mullen's really tough. Uh, he really he reminds me, you know, appearance wise and game wise, kind of Michael Ertle, mm-hmm. the Mount Vernon uh, alum. Uh, just really tough, can hit shots, good off the dribble, like you said, creates for his teammates as well. Um, real vocal leader. So I really like his game. But like you said, sectional 63 is just unreal in Class A. Um, Bar Reeves really turned it on lately. Lagodi's really tough. I mean, those three, North Davies, Bar Reeves, and Lagodi are really 1A contenders, and they're all in the same sectional. In Orleans, it's no slouch either. So pretty unreal sectional at the class a level but like you said i think the north davy draw really helps them so i would go with them as the favorite here and i think you talk about sectionals eight and ten and four a sectional 63 you know obviously at the 1a level but just as tough whoever gets through there like trevor said has to be considered a uh, contender for the state title in 1a and I think, uh, you know, if you look at Edinburgh's route, you know, they're pretty clearly, I would say, the favorite this year in uh, in their sectional. A lot of these, they're in kind of a weird sectional where it's a lot of teams who don't necessarily see each other uh, that much. They got West Washington, uh, Trinity Lutheran, uh, and then some others uh, that probably won't contend, I would, I would think. But, you know, traditionally it's been West Washington has had a good team. Uh, Trinity Lutheran's had some good teams, but Edinburgh, to me, uh, pretty clearly, this is a team that can can go pretty far. They shot it well in the first part of the game, and then not so much later. Uh, but uh, you know, Caleb Dewey, really good player, junior. Uh, actually, the Indian All Star director was there to watch him for next year and just to watch a good game. But uh, but I think it's going to be you know they they should win that sectional, and those teams could potentially uh, play again uh, in the regional. And then just one other one uh, A note. Uh, I, I know you guys, Trevor, I know you've seen Tinley play. Uh, they not, not the easiest game. Probably they're going to play Lutheran or Central Christian, probably Lutheran most likely in the semifinal. Uh, but hard to pick against uh, Tinley and, and what they've got this year in, uh, in the sectional at Lutheran. Yeah, just their size, athleticism, and then they have the skill to go with it. At the 1A level, you just don't see that across the board very often. Aaron Humphrey really – tough player inside Jaden Pinkston, one of the best wing athletes in the state. Uh, Darian Davis really steps up for him in big games. It seems like, so they really have the talent to make a run. I would pretty much just throw their record out the window since they play so many tough, you know, Indianapolis four, a teams and uh, you know, other tough Indianapolis schools. So Tinley should be ready to make a run here uh, in the state tournament, but Lutheran is a tough team and, Greenwood Christian, yeah, really solid season and a, a really good draw on the other side of the bracket. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, but I still like Tindley here. Uh, just their overall talent, size, athleticism. Um, really like them going into a sectional here. Yeah, and you talk about battle-tested. I mean, they have beaten all kinds of teams uh, in 4A. You know, they have wins over – you know, Lawrence North uh, just beat Lawrence Central uh, this week, this weekend. Um, you know, they've played Tech, they played Warren Central. You know, they, they beat uh, Heritage Christian twice. <clears throat> so, you know, up and down their schedule, they have uh, kind of prepared themselves for this uh, opportunity uh, in 1A. So, you know, that will about do it. I don't, any, any other thoughts you guys had? I mean, it should be, a, you know, at least at the 4A level. And, and I think really, you know, Shark, you said earlier, I think multiple classes really, it, it feels like there's, a lot of teams that have a chance uh, to, to do some damage. So that's kind of my overarching feel on this tournament, you know, and I remember last year, you kind of, all the teams you kind of thought would win it, you know, I think uh, probably ended up winning it. There was some tough calls along the way and some close games, but for the most part, those were the teams we thought, I think all four of them were probably the teams we thought were going to win it. But uh, I don't know that I feel that strongly about any, any team this year. Yeah, I think, you know, when we talked at the beginning of last postseason, I think all of us, or at least most of us, could have 
went four for four on our state finals picks. You know, we were pretty confident that Bar Reeve, Blackhawks, Silver Creek, and Carmel were the best team in each class and would go on a limb to pick them. I don't know if if we made state championships predictions now, if we would even get one class correct. Uh, if we did, it might just be throwing darts at a wall because there's so much parity and it's not just at the state championship level. It's, you know, a team, some of these teams that we've talked about here are good, but they've also shown inconsistencies and can be knocked off on. And all it takes is one bad game and you're done for the year. So um, it's definitely going to be, I think, more so a team that can just be consistent um, and not beat themselves throughout the course of the postseason that uh, could come on top in any of these four classes. And when we were talking about sexual eight, we came back to somebody needing to beat Carmel. I think that's the overall view for the tournament for uh, me. Just going into it, they've had some losses here. Uh, obviously, Warren Central recently, but I still think Carmel is going to be really tough to beat in the state tournament here. It's going to be interesting to see if somebody can knock them off in sectional play or down the road. But right now, it seems like the Greyhounds are kind of just conditioned to get deep in the tournament and make the state final every year in 4A. So it'll be fun to see if they can repeat that again this year. Well, they'll definitely have their challenge in, in the sectional at Noblesville. Uh, that will be – so everything starts March 1st. That's a week from Tuesday and then goes through March 5th, one of the most fun weeks of the year, uh, every year. And then uh, we'll see who who kind of is still playing at that point. But uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it again and appreciate both you guys coming on. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll see you soon at a game.